good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this piece of dribble. The boys from Max Pat Lyrical are back. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for the years, said LL Cool J. More importantly, what do Ryan Slaughter and Dan Hewitt say? Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the 20s and your all brand new Wax Pack Lyrical episode 17. Right, gentlemen, let's uh, reconvene after a about a 12-week absence where we've missed uh, probably the entire, <laughs> most of the NFL season. Uh, gents, uh, why have we been missing for so long? We'll, we'll throw this into you, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, a combination, I think, you know, stuff that's going on uh, in our lives, as, as it does with everybody. Uh, work for me as well, it's just been crazy. We've had this little thing called the general election before Christmas, which unfortunately um, took up my life for a couple of months. Um, less about that, the better. Um, so, yeah, glad to be back into football, to be honest. OK, Dan, uh, what have you been up to in the last 12 weeks? Pretty much as standard, really. Breaking and hitting nothing seems to be uh, seems to be a common theme for this football season. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been, you know, just plodding along, really, collecting wise. That's really selling it, mate. Not much. thanks, mate. Doing, thanks. <laughs> been doing nothing, mate. Plodding along, nothing great. Same shit. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Well, that's Ruh. it, isn't it? Stuck. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> that's the hobby, mate. That's the hobby. Uh, what have you been up to, Ryan, other than being the new uh, Member of Parliament for Maidstone South? <laughs> Not yet. Um, uh, I've, I've been doing lots of stuff that's not necessarily um, buying stuff. I've been doing some research pieces and might talk about that a little bit later um, to keep me involved in a hobby. That's what I normally do is when uh, um, I'm not buying or selling, I'm normally doing something else hobby related. Um, so at the moment I'm doing some analytic stuff. Um, but uh, I was very pleased to get for Christmas from um, my best buddy. He got me uh, a Ryan Tannehill uh, Exquisite, because everybody knows that I love Exquisite, um, rookie auto. So um, pride of place for the um, number one quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. So um, And a few other bits and pieces. I had some redemptions come through from way back, some Corey Davis, a couple of AJs, which is nice and timely. I've still got some stuff over at GISI so be getting that over at some point in the future lovely stuff yeah uh, I think since you last convened I think I did my little road trip to Seattle and San Francisco saw the Seahawks beat Tampa Bay in overtime and then go to San Francisco and uh, beat the 49ers in overtime the last kick of the game which was extremely good fun to see uh, it was a little bit naughty in the car parks afterwards with some blokes out of Breaking Bad trying to spit on my car and turn it over as I was driving out but that's just like, normal for North London. Uh, North London <laughs> is. Never mind uh, Northern Cow. That's a, a bit different. But yeah, very nice people there. Um, bang, bang, and nine again, they say. Well, you weren't saying that when there was 20,000 seats there last year when you were crap. But anyway, enough of the uh, 49ers bandwagon and people jumping on it. Good luck to you. When you pick about five or six times in the top six the last five years, you should be right at the top anyway. But enough of my gripes and, and moans. Hobby-wise, um, Immaculate came out. Collected a few uh, nice cards from that. Got a really nice Marshall Lynch out of 10, which was quite timely since he decided to come back and show us what we've all been missing. And obviously, two, three weeks ago, Contenders came out as people that have listened to this show before know me and Ryan are big fans of Contenders. Do like it this year. Said I wasn't going to go crazy like I have done in previous years, but obviously I, <laughs> that went out the window as soon as the cases started going up. I think this year, the Contenders... The disparity in the prices of, of the Seahawks in team breaks was just 
unbelievably crazy. It's, I saw them in 12 box case breaks from anywhere between $69 up to $140 for a case, which is, I think the price of steel product this year has got really, really crazy in a way. It's not down to the breakers. I think the distributors, they're obviously working on their same margin. They're not robbing people, but distributors are probably selling cases at vastly different prices to, to different breakers and stuff. So that means the prices are are very variable across the board. Hit quite a lot of, of Seahawks cards, the rookie cards. Got six DK redemptions uh, that will be, be going in. And they're just the base autos, and they're going for about $120 a time at the moment because DK's had a great season. Uh, only need two of the rookies for the cracked ice. One's DK, and they're going for $600, so that might have to go on the back burner. But as you boys... No, that um, when contenders came out, I was looking just online, and, and the Jags have got Gardner Minshew, and I think that the average price for them in breaks was about $150 for a case. But Buck City had them up for $50, so I just spurred the moment, said I'll, I'll buy one, and jokingly said in in our group chat that if I if I hit a cracked ice, and that's $500, it'll come in. And then wouldn't you just know it? The luck of the English out came that Gardner Minshew cracked ice, and raw. One sold two days ago for $1,500. So the plan is to, uh, once I get it to my uh, Jesse mailbox, I think it should be there now, I'm going to get that graded. Hopefully it grades out quite well. And we've had a look into where the, the soft spot is in the market for selling rookie cards. It's before uh, their second season starts and they could go down. And hopefully going to flip it in the national for possibly uh, about three grand if we're, if we're lucky which means that Dan and I will be dining on the finest cocaine and prostitutes that night. So, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Grace and Becky, if you're listening, we're only joking. We don't do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Right then, let's uh, move on to uh, hobby news. Dan, what can you tell us about the resurrection of Tops XFL? Yeah, so... Um... Tops are back again. Um, it feels a bit like deja vu since we've, we've had this conversation once, but um, Tops are dipping the toe back into football um, with XFL. Um, it doesn't it doesn't look particularly great to the eye. Um, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what, what the league does. So I probably wouldn't be in a rush to buy it from the off. Um I'd, I'd want to wait and see. Obviously, we know what happened to uh, to the AFL nosedive before the first season's finished, and then all your AFL cards are practically worthless. Um, so I wouldn't be in a rush to rush out and rush out and buy it until we see what what happens with the XFL. There's there's some interesting little rule changes and stuff they're making to it that might that might make it a bit more pleasing to the eye than the AFL was. So we'll have to just uh, we'll have to just wait and see. Wait and see what happens with that. I know you said you were excited about it, Ryan. I, I am. It's football. Um, and I was quite excited about the AFL, but XFL, I am. I'm going to try and get into it. Um, we had a little chat before the show, and my boy Jordan Tiamo, who was probably the greatest um, prospect call that I ever made, uh, saying that he would make an excellent NFL prospect uh, a development prospect and i spent a week with the raiders and now he's gonna be playing the xfl so um but he's gonna be playing for st louis so um uh so i, I will become a, a battle hawk for the season and um and hopefully does well and i 
said before the show, uh, we talked about rookie cards, and um, technically it'd be his technically his XFL rookie card, so I'll be looking forward to picking up an auto of his. What big name players are in the XFL, guys? I know uh, Ocho Cinco's tried it as a kicker, as an he? Something stupid this week, but there aren't many. Uh, not in the first year. Uh, they're mostly team rejects, prospects that haven't done very well. Um, just trying to put rosters together, to be honest. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the quality, but I don't, there's not that like many I would call big big names. Not like the AFL. No, I know Seattle have got a team which is, they are going to be playing at Central League Field as well. So obviously, like you said, right, it is football, so we will watch. Uh, that's if we're allowed to. <laughs> I mean, in complete fairness, it might do it a favour, not having any big names or not as many big names, if you know what I mean. That might have been part of the problem with the AFL in that they might have been spending too much money. More money than they could feasibly afford, um, obviously. So hopefully the FDX and the XF are looking at it going a slightly different way. Um, might be a good thing. Yeah. Do we know when that when the top XFL set is due to release? Yeah. Not off the top of my head. Oh, Ryan, go on. Eighteenth of March. Eighteenth of March, and the season starts. Uh, was it week after Super Bowl? Okay, so that's three weeks time then. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Will people collect them? I think as a novelty factor, they, they kind of will, because you never know. You could get someone that gets picked up by a team and becomes a, a Pro Bowl level, pl- level player, so there's some value there. And as we're all aware now, the, the hobby, even in the last two years, seems to have gone from a 50-50 collecting to prospecting split. It's probably now probably 80-20 to, from prospecting to, to collecting, so... But then I can't really complain soon as I'm going to be <laughs> getting rid of that Minshew for uh, <laughs> for some ka-ching, ka-ching, as I say. But anyway, okay, let's move on from Tox, Tox, Tops, XFL even. Uh, and let's talk about Dutch auctions for a minute. Uh, sure, most people listening are aware that Panini, uh, in response to setting up first off the line, which meant Previously, that servers would crash and everyone complained that nobody could get any. And it seemed the same people with bots were always just were just grabbing all the first off the line gear for, for every sport that Panini was putting out. They introduced uh, two products now, a Dutch auction. They started with contenders basketball and they did contenders first off the line football. Uh, a Dutch auction, for those that are unaware, is they started off the bidding at $1,000 for a box. And every two minutes, the price would drop by I think, believe it's five dollars at a time, and you could jump in any time with a maximum purchase of 10 boxes per person. Basketball was the first one that came out, and I think don't think anyone jumped in at a thousand dollars a box, even though they were chasing Zion Williamson. I think the average people were jumping in for that was about 600, 650. The lowest price they went for was about 300 dollars in total. But we're all football guys here, and first off the line, contenders came out with uh, five autos in a box, which is the same as a normal hobby box. And that started at $1,000. And we were all chatting online whilst the auction was going on. And Dan and I were considering jumping in right at the death. And it got all the way down to the minimum purchase price of $200. And you could still buy them. Uh, we, we didn't, for, for whatever reason. I think we wanted to type out our capital in <clears throat> in a product just, just before Christmas. And, yeah, if we'd have bought those at $200 a time, they are selling now for $300 and you can bet that come the national start of next season you'll get DNA at the national or 
or blowout saying we'll give you $350, a box. So it would have been easy money to make. Um, but there you go. Guys, what's your feelings on, on the whole Dutch auction process? Let's start with you, Ryan. Um, I, th- I think it's really just a, a Panini listening to what was going on with First Off The Line and coming up with a process, which I think they needed to trial mm. anyway for the thing that I'm going to be talking about um, uh, as a sort of precursor trial to that and the technology, uh, uh, and it's working, so you can't knock that. Dan, are you a fan of uh, the Dutch auction? I uh, I am, yeah, I am. Um, I, I said when we were discussing before the show, I think it's one of the best things Panini have have done all year. In fairness, coming up with coming up with the Dutch auction, um, people get to buy in at a price point they're comfortable buying in at to make sure um, they get their product. Panini probably make more money. Um, good on them, and nobody can really have any gripes at the end of the day if it sells out if it comes down to six hundred dollars and all sells out never gets anywhere near the the bottom end of two hundred dollars well that was that's the sort of market value for it then that's <laughs> the markets the market set the value you can't complain that you, you you didn't get any um kind of thing so yeah i think it's a, I think it's a great idea and it's in reality it's working really well as well and like you said panini are making some money off it and it's fair play to them because They've been seeing for the last few years, they're the ones producing the product and selling it for $250 a box. And within two or three days, people are, are flogging it for six, $700 a box. So it, it's good for them to make the money as, as long as they reinvest it. And the fair play to them, the last year, 18 months, the standard products does seem to be going up. Obviously, there's still some, some cock-ups along the way and, and that sort of thing, but no, it's fair play to them. I think it's quite good as well that we've gone through the whole Dutch auction section without any of us doing a Dutch accent, which we did. <laughs> sure, right then, let's move on from the Dutch auction. I had to get it in there. And move on to another Panini uh, gimmick or introduction, which is Panini blockchain. Ryan, what have you got on this, mate? Yeah, so those people that haven't uh, caught up with the new revolution in card collecting, um, Panini have launched their blockchain uh, uh, series. Um, those people not familiar with blockchain, it, it uh, effectively is around digital currencies, and it's about holding something digitally um, and having a record of that and how that transfers. So if you sort of, for example, if you have your car logbook, but imagine you didn't have a logbook, it was all done online. So every time you purchased, you sold your car, you sell the logbook with it and everything that's happened with the car, that goes with it. Um, uh, and it's so and and it's there if at any point somebody uh, transfers the ownership of it but um, doesn't update the chain then the chain is broken and you're done um, so panini are, are cashing into onto blockchain for two reasons one well there are reasons that i think that they like to um <laughs> uh, 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 say and then there are i think there's a load of other reasons why but the reasons why they say is they want to get involved in that technology. They see the future as digital cards. Um, we, I think all three of us, absolutely disagree with that. I think most of the hobby that I've spoken to disagrees with that. It's something that Panini are trying to push. Um, two, the issue around authentication of cards. So um, you could be able to have a digital version uh, uh, that, that says this card is authenticated by Panini. The other reason I think Panini do is they're trying to create, and this is a bit like the Dutch auction, they're trying to create their own marketplace. So rather than cards, they produce the cards, boxes are sold, 
you then if you want to sell your car go onto a secondary market whether it's with a dealership whether it's with um in groups or 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 buyer to buyer or ebay as 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 panini are trying to cash in on this by actually creating a trade sale place within their own systems and i'm going to talk about that in a minute because there are fees so basically with blockchain they're they're, they're initially releasing a hundred national treasures one of one mostly memorabilia autos mem auto cards one of ones when you the auction they're done by dutch auction style they start off at a hundred thousand dollars and pretty much like Dutch auction, every hour um, money comes off until you get down to a certain price that you feel that you can jump in on and you buy the card. What are you buying? You are buying one physical version of the card and you're also buying one digital version of the card. Um, you can sell either, <laughs> right? Um, so you could sell the hard version of the card but you could also sell the digital version of the card. And I think this is where the, the whole thing sort of starts to get a little bit complicated. My view is it is is if you have the hard copy and the digital copy, the digital copy is basically the digital record. So it says what the card is, it authenticates it. In my view, it's like a, a, a the sister to the brother card and they should move together succinctly. So if you sell the hard, you should be selling the digital. Panini don't kind of view it that way. They kind of like say, well, you can sell the hard, whatever you want, but you can also sign the digital. You can also, or will be able to, trade it, say it, sell it, or sell it, or buy blockchain cards in their own system. But they, if you sell it, they have fees which go to Panini. So the fees can start off, I think, anything between 5 and 10K. Uh, sorry, um, around 5K, it's 10%. Uh, up to 10k it's 7.5% fee 5k it's 5% and above 50k it's 2.5% panini will take a, a fee if you sell your card is it a fad potentially um will it work in this scenario i'm not sure i think what they're moving to is going to have one they're going to start releasing products which will have blockchain products um that i think is when we should take a much more closer eye on what we think it might do but to give you an idea, because we were looking earlier about prices, um, currently the highest price that has been bought is a Kobe Bryant one of one NBA logo man patch autograph. This is 2019 Panini National Treasures for $61,714. Um, so somebody really, really wanted that. Uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, one of one patch autograph sold for $1,224. So, you know, uh, it, it's something new. It's something that we, all three of us, and on the show, will keep a real close eye on it. Um, but I think most of the hobby community have sort of gone, yeah, no, we like physical cards. We want to see those one-on-ones in the product. Um, but, uh, but I'll see what the rest of the boys think. Can I just jump in with a question here? You're saying that that Kobe's from National Treasure has gone for 61K. Yes. Does that mean that in the National Treasures that comes out, there's not going to be another one-of-one Kobe logo man in there? There shouldn't be, in my view, but let, let's see what happens. You know, the logo man, the logo, the logo man's out. If you, I mean, if, 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 if there is another one-of-one that's a logo man and it's like pink version, I'd be pretty fucking pissed if I bought you know, bought one for 61 grand. 
because surely that's the big chase for for NBA fans is is the logo man 101s. That's why National Treasures is such uh, the high end product that it is, and, and people go absolutely batshit crazy the amount of money they spend on those sort of breaks. But if the if if the Kobe's gone uh, and that's what you're after, then what's the point you buying into a break? Is is the price of boxes going to come down to reflect that? They've released five or six national treasures from that because, like we saw earlier, the Russell Wilson's still available for twenty-four grand. And there, I know there's there's half a dozen serious Seahawks collectors who, who I know, and I'm, I love looking at their stuff with very through very jealous eyes when, when it comes online. But we've all chatted on, on Seahawks group and stuff, and everyone said, "No, we're not paying that sort of stuff. We're not paying those prices." If a, it's a National Treasures 101 for Russell Wilson on there with the NFL Shield, does that mean that that's not going to be in, in, in this year's National Treasures when it comes out? We all agree that the National Treasures for, for NFL is, is a wolf in sheep's clothing and it's not really the high-end product that, that they, they market it as. And if you're taking away the top-end cards, then surely the National Treasures has got to come down from about, it was about $800, $900 a box last year. In three years ago, it was like four hundred dollars. Surely, it's got to come back to about four hundred dollars a box price, hasn't it? Dan, what do you think? Uh, um, it's a, it's a novel idea. Um, what they're trying to what they're trying to do, and I'm aware of the, I'm, I'm quite aware of the the digital market. Um, yeah, Panini want a piece of a piece of the, the digital pie, if you like, um, which they're already getting through. Uh, their NFL blitz up where you can buy a digital case of floors for a uh, hundred quid. What you'd want to for, I don't know, but each, each to their own, obviously certain people would prefer digital cards on an app. And I've, I've seen digital cards physically change, like change hands for real money, which baffles me as well. Um, but I, th- I think I agree with Ryan in that those of us that are in the hobby are in the hobby because we actually like the physical things that you can see. So you're either part of the camp that says, no, I'm quite happy on the digital side and that's where I'm spending my money. Or you're in the camp of, I want the, I want the real thing sort of intertwining the two for me, doesn't really appeal to either. (laughs) If you like, If, if I buy one and then I sell it and then I've got a, ship the card, pack it up, post it. Oh, and then I've got to go online and do something else as well. That's just another pain in the arse of something else I've got to go and do before I can sell the card. Um, it, it just feels a, a bit hashed together, if you like. They're trying, to, they're trying to merge these two worlds that potentially might might never merge, if you know what I mean. Um, the, the prices as well, I like Ryan said, whoever bought the Kobe Bryant 61, he really wanted that card. But when when we, we looked at, um, I believe, I, I screenshotted a sold logo, man, um, and it was graded, was it graded 9.5, Beckett? Um, and that sold for $12,000. So that's, for me, then, is the market value of, of, of that, that Kobe Bryant. I don't get what makes this four times... For worth four times more money because there's, a, there's a, digital, a digital copy with it. The other fact is that that one was graded 9.5 and who says that this card from Panini doesn't get bashed in the post and it's got a duff corner and it only grades a seven. But, we'll never, but, <laughs> you'll never know. I mean, one of the, so other, one of the other things, sorry boys, one of the other things oh. that, 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 that it does throw up 
um, and I'm not talking about Obsidian. Um, it 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 throws up the issue of that this is this takes away that ability to open a product that you might have paid thirty quid, fifty quid, hundred dollars, or whatever it is into a break, and then like you've just pulled the greatest card ever that's worth a shitload of money. Do you know what I mean? It takes that away from the collector. It and hands it into the the hands of those people that can afford to spend sixteen grand on a Kobe card. Do you know what I mean? It's taking that yeah, it, that that thrill it's away. It's sort of the chase. That's, yeah, that's why we, that's why we bite the brakes. That's why you hear about guys buying bulk loads of old crap at garage sales and going through loads of junk wax and then finding one. Derek Jeter rookie card or something like that that's just been sat there and is worth how much is that Jeter rookie card did you say worth then when we were chatting previous uh, $180,000 it's sold for this week $180,000 wow and I believe uh, our good friend John Newman from <laughs> the podcast I believe he was chatting on his podcast a couple of episodes ago said that back in the day he he was flogging a load of Jeter rookie cards uh, for like forty, fifty dollars a time, because he didn't think it would be any great shakes when he first came out. So if you're listening to this, John, stay away from the knife drawer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise, man, that's big. But yeah, like you guys, I I can't really understand this. Is this is is a money making thing? Are they trying to turn a hobby into almost like stocks and shares? It's big business, it's like Ryan said. Only people with serious amounts of coin can actually afford these. There's no chance of you buying like I did with the Jags for $50 and putting out a probably two and a half, three thousand dollar $3,000 card come the national. I will be taking cash off as well, guys, so feel free to offer. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's all very strange. And the, and the whole digital thing, I wouldn't pay 25 cents for, for a digital version of any card. You know what I mean? I mean, so we, there's always going to be some mug out there. We could probably tell Dan that we'll get his digital cards graded for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're like, mate, it'll come back as a nine because it's got. Yeah, and it will, yeah. It will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golf edges, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how'd you like, mate? But no, it's, the, the whole thing is really weird to me. Is it, as we were saying before, the Gary V influence where he's come into the hobby? And some things he says I agree with, some things I don't. But he's brought a whole new market of people that that live off his every word. And all, all his stuff is free. He puts out for everyone. He makes, you know I mean? He's a great entrepreneur. Met him at the National Briefly. The guy, you could see he loves his cards and stuff. And he was getting on with everybody there. And, and people really warmed to him. Has he brought in a whole brand new market that Panini are thinking, I know, we can just get involved here and, and basically make lots of money? But are you going to make money, though? Because if there are not those one-on-ones in there, are you going to have cases of National Treasures basketball still sitting on the shelves in about seven, eight years' time because the cards that people are after weren't even in the product? What do you think? I think, equating it to basketball, um, this year, now they're going to sell out, aren't they? Because even if they took the Kobe Bryant logo man out, it was never about Kobe Bryant. It was going to be about Zion. So that's what people are after. And football will be the same because they might, they've taken out Peyton Manning 
nobody's that bothered about Peyton Manning anyway. Everybody wants Jackson or whatever the next rookie is, Mahomes and uh, the next one and the next one. Everybody wants them. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a blinder by Panini because it's not, it's not going to affect their, for me, it's not going to affect their sales in any way, shape or form. Um, people are still going to, people are still going to buy the boxes, um, open to hit the next, the next big thing rather than the big thing that's already, that's already there. If you like, that's a whole other argument on, on card prices, but, yeah. but, but uh, we've just seen Panini bring out or are going to sell out a Phoenix white sparkle, right? So, yep. Which to me, you know, we've we've reviewed Phoenix a, a couple of times on on the show, and I, I think we're all varying orders of indifferent, potentially, right? You yeah, know, definitely. But that looks like really nice, like the white spark. I was like, okay, okay. There's a parallel that looks like you know it could be the the silver version from Phoenix type sort of thing, you know, downtown inserts in. Um, uh, in Domrus, you know, you're creating something in there that's highly more collectible. It's not necessarily an autograph. We, most of us, agree um, on that. That's a good thing in the hobby. But, but selling it aside from the actual main product, that's just just again is another way of taking something out of a product. But. Uh, uh, because uh, you think it might be a good idea, but not putting it in the product, and the collector's losing out. However, it is something that that's something that's been going on for all, for like a long time, mm. really. No, no. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I bought, I, I was, I won some packs in um, one of Brian's rouses, um, and they were just they were hanger retail hanger packs, but both of the hanger packs had a separate pack for a specific parallel. So um, I think Prism, um, it was 2016. Yeah, Yeah, it got a red, white and blue pack though. They weren't, it it wasn't saying you'll find three red, white and blue parallels within the, within the the packs that are in there. There was, there was three packs of Prism in there, but then there was a a fourth pack, which was purely red, white and blue. So I know that's putting it on a retail scale but it's like it's something they're already doing if you know what i mean if you don't buy the products in this way you're never going to get that parallel before you buy his hobby boxes which should technically be what 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 people want or you'd think what more people want you're never ever going to get a red white and blue parallel i know because you've got prison football this year you've got targets version was of retail had its own separate uh set in there compared to different parallels compared to one in walmart so you yeah. had to go to both both stores if you wanted. Like one was the disco green or something in there, and Target's one was a, was a pink one that was only available in Target. So <clears throat> if you're trying to complete rainbows, and they never actually advertise what these parallels are numbered to, people can kind of guess and say, "Oh, we think it's there's only 15 pinks and this, and there's 11 greens and that sort of stuff." And if you find in the retail, which basically what, what these these ones are. It, and finding an autograph in there is about as as rare as finding rocking horse shit, isn't it? But but I, I did actually in the pack you sent me. Thank you very much. Did you get an auto? <laughs> Who did you get? I did. Yeah. Not only that, it was um, it was a Gators auto. So I will give it to the last. Um, uh, it was somebody somebody I'd never heard of, Jake Jake McGee, maybe somebody like that. I, 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 the, clearly the Jake did. McGee. No, no, yeah. yeah. 
But, he's, probably um, about, yeah. he's probably selling cards in Walmart now. But, <laughs> but I, I cracked before I sent out these packs because I did, I did a big rouse in, in the UK group and sold quite, quite a lot of cards to basically fund everything that I had spunked on contenders this month. Uh, I opened a pack of the prison draft picks and in the red, white and blue side pack where there's is it three or four cards in there. I yes, pulled so out three, there. I think. Three yeah. And I've never hit one in, in a retail pack before red, white and blue. And a couple of years ago, I bought stacks of the buggers when I was out in the States. Uh, and I pulled out a rookie auto. It's like, wow, look at that. It was, it was a cornerback for the Vikings. I thought, well, okay, let's see if this card's worth anything. Went on to price guide cards and stuff like that. And his last one sold uh only only a week ago for uh 28 cents so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah he's playing in the cfl now so that's uh that's whoop, gonna whoop. sit in the box the box yeah exactly i don't i might throw that in with the minchu to a, a lucky boy at, at the national so <laughs> we'll see how it goes <clears throat> but yeah no that's the whole thing is the digital side of it when this first came out, Panini didn't release it with fanfare. It just appeared on the, on their website, and it was linked in all groups. And I remember the guys from Mojo on on their podcast. Uh, they were talking about it, and no one actually could really work out what it was. Everyone was just discussing. Well, I think this means that, and I think this means this, and people still aren't sure. As we've just discussed, does this mean that the one of one Kobe is not going to be in National Treasures this year? Does this mean the one of one Russell Wilson's not going to be in National Treasures this year? No one's actually sure if you're taking the mystery away. And if you have paid the 61 grand for the Kobe and another identical comes out of National Treasures, you'd feel slightly pissed about it, wouldn't you? But all very strange. So, right, there we go. I think that's, that's covered the hobby news. We're going to take uh, a trip back in the TARDIS for you Doctor Who fans. Go back in time to episode 16, where we all did a season preview and discuss what we think was going to happen, who we should stash and who we should trash. We'll look back now and see if we actually know what we're talking about. Well, we know we actually don't, but see if we got lucky with what we were going to stash and trash. Ryan, I think you've got the list, mate. So who's on there? Yeah. So, um, let's go, let's go. Uh, uh hopefully I've done this in order. So, uh, we'll be all good, but, um, let's go with the mystic man himself, uh, Dan, uh, on his top two, and then we'll go. We'll go down that way. Okay. So he had uh, to stash Baker Mayfield and to trash OBJ. Dan, do 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 you want to comment on that? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll comment on that. Yeah. Baker um, stashing Baker was a terrible idea because um, his prices have, uh, have gone through the floor. Um, trashing OBJ seeing as an arrest warrant got issued for him today because yes. he's um, he's slapped a police officer's arse which is always always a, a good way to uh, get yourself arrested <coughs> trashing OBJ is probably probably right I'd say I know that the, the, I've got quite an extensive OBJ collection myself and I know that everything else other than his rookie cards took a hit due to the fact he'd, he'd buggered off to Cleveland um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with the OBJ. The uh, the the Baker wasn't the great call, was it? They're still bad. The Browns. <laughs> well, in reverse then. So 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 Brian then then had Baker Mayfield as a trash and Mason Rudolph as a stash. Brian, I'll go with the Baker Mayfield. That's 
I was proved 100% right there. He might bounce back, so it could possibly be a time before the start of next season to stash his cards if you can get him at the right price. Uh, Mason Rudolph, um, unfortunately that didn't pan out really, did he? He's, he's, he's got infamy for being smashed over the head by a helmet, but not much else. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good night to say how that, doesn't it? Um, but... <laughs> That's that's where it is. You can invest because his price. I said, believe the time I said his prices were really cheap, and Ben wasn't going to stay fit. So there's always a chance that he was going to he was going to come good. But he's just proved that he, he's not up to the mark. But I don't think you lost anything if you invested in because his prices were so low to start with. So I don't think I did too badly. I think uh, claiming the Baker Mayfield one was uh, was proper good work on my part. Ryan, who did you have in your own? Yeah, so, so, so uh, on this this one, uh, I had Nick Chubb um, to stash and Jaleel Scott to trash. I mean, Jill, Jaleel Scott was trash, so no real surprise there. Nick Chubb did pretty well. I had a quick look at his card prices, and I think he sort of hovered around maintaining. Um, uh, and he's obviously on my list of players, the research stuff that I've been doing. So I think I, might, I would have made about $3 or something like that. So um, that'll be uh, that's a, a winner. Um then next down, I had Marlon Mack to stash and Leonard Fournette to trash. Um, Marlon Mack had a okay season, but didn't really go off. Go off. Leonard Fournette had an okay season, but really didn't at all go off when he needed to. His cards were um, freefall. Do you know what I mean? Um, so uh, Brian, you had the same. You had Leonard Fournette as well. Did you want to comment on trashing Leonard? Uh, yeah, well, he's. He's basically proved that he's he's not even viable in the hobby now, is he? Really, unfortunately. So, if you invested in his first year at high prices, then then you've lost out. So, I think I did well with that. Did I have anyone else to, you, to you, stack? With? You so did, I've got a big in front of me. But, yeah, yeah, you had AJ Brown, the Brownster, to uh, to stash, mate. Yeah, that was big good as well. Call. Big call. Big call there, and I believe I threw in DK as well at the end. And yes, said, yes, that's a homer one. So. So I got the two best receivers in the entire draft. So that's good. And yeah. I, I think I had some, some vets to watch as well. I think Sean Watson was at the top of my list. Hey, we're going to get down there. Don't oh, you sorry. worry. I'm working <laughs> down my list, Brian. You 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 want to yeah. get ahead? Of, you knew you did quite well. So so <laughs> hold it hold it back. Okay. Uh, we'll go with the, the hotline. Y- so, yes, yeah. yes. The 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 Tony Romo. Um, of card collecting here, um, predicting it before it happens. Um, okay, so Dan had uh, trash Marcus Mario stashed Deshaun Watson. Dan, um, well, I'm, I'm I'm happy I was bang on with uh, Mario because I can't even see him being in the league next year. Um, I don't know what Watson prices have done. Obviously, I know they're out of the playoffs. He didn't have a bad season. Um, I, w- I would guess they probably just sort of where they were. They, they, I wouldn't have thought they've gone up or down <coughs> based, based on his season. They went up quite a bit, mate. Yeah, I, I, so, think I think you would have been done very well if you'd invested in Deshaun Watson. Uh, okay. um, I'm going to have a quick look because we're on the show. Let's go for it. Let's have a let's have a butchers and see how he's done over the season. Uh, yeah, not too bad. So he, he, he sort of had a high... Going back, so where are we now? Yeah, so we get into the season. His Origins rookie auto was around about $198 a piece. 
and now it's around 260. Ah, not bad. Not bad, then. So both, both of them were all right, then. Pretty yeah. strange. Yeah, not bad <laughs> at all. Good, uh, so Brian, Nikhil Harry to uh, Stash, and Josh Allen to Trash. Uh, Josh Allen showed that he's very hit or miss. He's like a He's like a fruit machine. You never know what you're going to get with him. So uh, I'm quite content with that one. NQ Harry, well, could have been good, but he missed a lot of time of injury. So that's that's just unfortunate. I can't really take credit or or be panned for that one when someone misses the season, most of the season injured. So his price is now probably quite low, and we don't know who's going to be throwing the ball next year because uh, if Tommy Boy's not coming back, which doesn't look like it, then then who is going to be quarterback for the Patriots next year that's probably for, for another show that'll be around draft time we'll probably have to work out who that's going to be so but no no I think I did okay with with those two who else did you have Ryan um, so up next on my list I had uh, De- uh, Deontay Parker from Miami Dolphins to Stash and I trashed Sony Michelle that was my controversial one so, I mean, Deontay Parker's had a really good season. And in fact, if you invested in his cards at the beginning of the season, you, you'd done all right. Um, you would not be able to afford that Kobe Bryant, but you, you would have done okay. Uh, he had a couple of quid in the pocket. Sony Michelle has dropped off. Um, now, and I think that's a combination of the high point that he had with the playoff run last season. And like I said, we called it. We all called it. We all said it. It's recorded on the show. Uh, that Sony Mitchell, Michelle had dodgy knees and it was only a matter of time before he starts breaking down because he did do so four times in college. So um, I think the uh, long term, I think that they, the, the Patriots need to, to load up on, on running backs. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> Is it the, uh, the end of the, the Patriots dynasty? What really looks that way at the moment. I'm, happy to, I'm happy to discuss that because I think it has a massive knock-on effect on the market you know and maybe maybe we do that we get through these and we have a chat about it because i think it does have a huge effect on the card market the the big question that i think we, we can debate is it's clearly is tom tom brady and his card prices when's the best time to sell is it now or is it do you wait could he go and do a uh joe montana or brett Favre? is he going to go to another team is oh, it, you'll probably you know? find him. I can see him playing for, for the Chargers next year for maybe one or two seasons. I I don't because I think that the market in the 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 Chargers are just an organisation in serious disarray um, with very little direction on their, what their future is. Behold both from a footballing perspective, but also particularly from a marketing perspective. And I, I don't think that's a market that Tom Brady would want to go into to retire. Well, it's, it's, he's, he's a California boy, close to home, Los Angeles. So, good weather. So for him, Boston, that's for sure. He's not going to go to a contender, is he? And the Chargers, they were, I think they're picking about fifth or sixth this year, I think, aren't they? Because they finished, I think they were the reverse Seahawks. The Seahawks, we won 10 one-score games and the Chargers lost 9 or 10 one-score games. They were very close to... I mean... I'll tell you what, I, uh, I, would, I would disagree with you. He isn't going to go to a contender. I think what Ryan's Titans have done this year, having picked up 
Tannehill and then done in the playoffs where he's literally just a game manager. Don't lose as a game. Throw ten passes in a game, and that's all I want you to do. And we'll still get to the we'll still get to the championship game, division divisional championship game. Um, I can see him ending up somewhere like that, where they've they've virtually got all the consti- all, all the all the bit parts, and yet they just need that quarterback. What about say Tampa Bay? If he went down there and and stopped Jameis Winston throwing, oh, Christ knows how many picks he throws a year, um, too many. If he just if he just didn't do that, would they? You know, they've got they've got the parts, they've got the tight and the wide receiver, the decent running backs. Can, can you imagine Bruce? Bruce can you imagine Bruce Arians and Tom Brady getting together? <laughs> that, that that would be. Uh, no, I'm not even funny, but I, I I I've trashed online Josh McDaniels because I don't I don't I don't rate him. So he's boring, and I think he stifled that offense personally. Um, uh, uh, when I think that, uh, uh, and also the strategic direction of the Patriots in terms of what they have done in loading up to put talent around Brady, I don't think it's an issue of Brady. I think he's been tailing off, but that's to be expected. But I think the bucket Buccaneers are really interesting. They have eighty one million in paying eighty one million dollars in cap space next year, right? So they have the cap space to trade. They can ditch Winston and go get any quarterback on the market right any quarterback they've got 81 million dollars in in the bank that's unbelievable not only that Brady's he's not your typical free agent is he so he's he's willing to take less money to help him win a championship so potentially if there are X Y and Z that you need to replace as well he's probably he's not looking for the Patrick Mahomes making the, the highest paid quarterback in history. You know, he isn't he isn't that sort of that sort of player, is he? He doesn't need the money either. Um so there's the there's the potential for that as well. And and he wants what, to get paid. Yeah, he wants to because he he's wants taking to get, the best money. He's so. not he, he he wants to to get paid. And oh, um, no, no, I, I think he does I, I can see what you're saying, he wants to get paid, but he's he's kind of missed the boat, hasn't he? In terms of, he might get paid more than what he gets paid at the Patriots. But do you know what his base? Do you know what his base? Do you know what his base salary? Is it eighteen million something like that? No, his base salary this season is one point seven million dollars. Right. His his prorated his prorated bonus is eighteen million. Hmm. But his 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 actual base salary is only. One point seven million dollars, oh, which is always that's eighteen, nineteen million dollars a year, which is still mm. fifteen million under what basically he's worth. Yeah. And what's Russell Wilson at the moment? It's earning thirty-five. Yep. But end of the season, that's when uh, is it? Is this the third season for Mahomes? I think it is, isn't it? So yeah, yeah so yes. Mahomes is getting a Mahomes is getting a contract, isn't he? As far as I'm aware, that's the tour yes. that's coming out of Kansas City. He's getting paid this summer, and he yeah, becomes the highest paid. He becomes the highest paid NFL player in history, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets he's gonna get forty million a year, yeah. which is fair play to you, mate. You know what I mean? So, but then it's gonna be interesting to see when the off season kicks in and these contracts come in because the CBA runs out next year. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that. This year, unless a new CBA has been agreed, you can't do the post June the first cut, so that because you'll carry it through into the next year, uh, that sort of stuff. So that's going to make it 
a very hodgepodge of hard to understand when it comes to, to new contracts for guys. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Brady's done all right. I've just looked, you know, he's oh, earned 230 million in his career. That's not bad, is it? That's, that's, that's pretty all right, isn't it? The other fact with him is, there is he's probably the only NFL quarterback that's married to somebody who earns more than him. So, yeah, probably that's true. what I mean about he doesn't he doesn't need the money. Like, it's not just it's not just him earning it. His missus earns more than he does. So, yeah, sounds like you and Becky, Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but if Brady moves to another team, be it Tampa Bay or Tennessee or San Diego, that would be San Diego in my mind. If he goes to another team and his cards come out, obviously in the new uniform. Will they be as pricey as his cards currently are in a Patriots uniform? I'd say definitely no, because he's not won any rings with, with them. But what sort of price are you looking for? If he comes out in, let's say he goes to Tampa Bay, what price would a Tom Brady out of 10 flawless auto go for in a Tampa Bay uniform end of next season? What do you think, Ryan? Obviously, it's not going to. I wouldn't have said that it would go anywhere near what it would in Patriots, but I don't. It, it would also wouldn't be dramatically bad. Um, I think. I think the bigger question is: Does it devalue his Patriots cards? No, that legacy set. Nah, it, yeah, it is. But then Brett Favre's was. Or, or, Joe, or, Joe, or Joe Montana yeah no I mean uh, yeah I understand what you're saying but the, the sort of the kickback from him signing for another team uh, uh, everything that Brett Favre had done for, for Green Bay and I know he went to Minnesota which was a really shitty move but the, 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 the kickback that come out of that like the, 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 the fans the way the fans, some of the fans turned on him and, and, and stuff like that. It, it'd be interesting to see if that happened with Brady. There's a particular, there's a particular fan in one Facebook group I'm thinking of that I can, uh, I can imagine would, 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 would be doing that. And it's whether or not that would have any knock on effect on his, on his current prices, if you know what I mean. His rookie prices will go nowhere, but will he's, will every other card? I, don't I think know. It, would, it would definitely affect the price of the card. But it would all do probably. It, 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 it would be. They obviously the cards would be a lot less, but he'd still command more than anybody else in the market. Yes, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. So, 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 he's so far ahead in many respects of everybody else that I think. But he would still command probably in the top top echelons of the market. Um, it'd be interesting to see um, if if that. What, oh. If that's how it plays, I mean, it could be the, that 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 dramatic thing in the NFL, and, uh, and we haven't had one of those for a little while. And it it'd be, it's an amazing, it really will be an amazing thing if he if he if he, he wants to continue to play, and he's at a level he feels he can compete and play, and he says, I'm 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 going to leave the Patriots and go somewhere else, and if he goes somewhere else, and is successful. You know that his legacy is is just crazy. You know, 
Uh, he becomes the greatest football player of all time. Not in my eyes, but in <laughs> 99.9% NFL fans' eyes. And that how that then relates to his market it will be really interesting for his car. Okay, boys. I'll give you now 2020 Flawless has come out. We've gone forward in that time machine to next April. And it's all on card. We're not talking about blockchain, digital crap and stuff like that. I'm giving you three cards. Mark them from the most expensive to the least expensive. Lamar Jackson, on card, one of one. And he's still playing at the same level he is now. Patrick Mahomes, on card, one of one. Or Flores is all on card anyway, so we're talking about. He's still playing at the same level. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of one. And they've had a seven and nine season. What's the most expensive card out of those three and what's the cheapest? I can go straight away and say that it's Mahomes, Jackson, Brady for me. So Mahomes is the most expensive, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Ryan, what do you think, mate? Pat, Tom, Lamar. No, sorry, sorry, Lamar, Tom. So is it a good investment point to buy Tom Brady flawless? Because will that go up in after he makes Canton in about eight years' time? Because he'll probably play for another two years and it'll be a first ballot. Not for me. What? What happens to what happens to the likes of um, Brett Favre, Viking, or whatever? You've rarely exi- seen. Do they, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Do they exist? Because I very, very rarely see them. I mean, you see I've baseball seen, with the Vikings, I've kid, seen obviously. But... Impeccable, yeah, I've seen them in impeccable come out, but that's a difficult one because Minnesota and Green Bay don't like each other at all, do they? No, yeah, exactly. That's what I meant about it. It's, it's a different. It's, it was a different. <laughs> like I said, it was a, it was a shitty move, probably going to play for the Packers of your last but You see a few Brett Favre Jets autos flat about as well, but everyone wants one in his Green Bay. Yeah, Tannehill's out of contract at the Titans. I think it'd be very entertaining just to see Ryan's face when Eli Manning rocks up and he's. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, in our dreams, it will, though. In our dreams, it certainly will. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but, you know, look, it, 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 it's going to be great. We'll have to do just a whole show just just, just on it. Um, but but uh, I think it could be a little bit crazy. Don't you think it could go a little bit crazy? There's loads of free agents if Drew Brees stays because that, you know, Brid Teddy's not going to stay around. He wants to get paid too. Uh, Rivers, does he move on? Winston, what happens with Winston? You know the 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 rookies are pretty set, I think, really in the draft. But what the knock-on effect does free agency have on it? I think this year could be super exciting, to be honest. I can't so, remember. I reckon it's going to be the first free agency I can remember with this many, like, sort of elite quarterbacks that could be that could be swapping over. You know, anybody who gets a Brady is going to be happy. Anybody who gets Breeze <laughs> should certainly be happy. Um, I can't remember a, a free agency like it. But you, you're getting someone for for two years, Max. Brady, two years. Breeze, two years. Philip Rivers, two years. Oh, 100%. Like, like you, said, you know, if you've got the constitute parts and that's been all that you were missing, then, I mean, don't don't take this the wrong way, Ryan, but Ryan Tannehill, for me, is... is Hardly a world beater, and yet he's that much better than Mariota, which he is. That he's gone in there and, and done what he's done for you guys. So 
if, if actually you've got a breeze or a Brady, then wow, <laughs> you know, what are you doing then? Oh, the, the, there are no, there, there's a handful of superstar quarterbacks left in the NFL now. Russell Wilson's one because he's basically dragged a corpse to an 11 win season this year because our roster's been absolutely abysmal. Yeah. It was crap to start with, and we had 21 players go on IR throughout the season, including <laughs> top three running backs and best receiving tight end and everything like that. He's dragged us kicking and screaming into the playoffs. And if it wasn't for our defense being unable to hold Green Bay as, as usual, I think he might have gone on, gone on a march down the field in Lambeau and won that game for us on Sunday night. He's a superstar and put the pieces around him. Job done. But you've only got to look. I believe all the teams that got into the playoffs this year, I think only four were actually in the playoffs last year, weren't they? That's, that's how the NFL turns over. It's competitive balance, as we were chatting a couple of days ago about, about the draft. And I was bemoaning, as I said earlier, it's, it's all right for San Francisco when you've, when you've had crap seasons, you've had proper crap seasons, and you've been picking in the top five or six. When the Seals have been consistently good for the last 10 years, and we're picking 27th, 28th, the top 10 or 12 are the almost guaranteed difference makers. Yes, some don't work out, but after you're pick, when you're picking from 20 and below, from 20 to 60, you're picking almost the same players. But, and on the flip side of that, it means that the pressure to actually deliver is higher. So, that, like, I, you know, uh, the pressure on the 49ers to deliver a Super Bowl within this next cycle before their star defensive players start entering into contractual negotiations and come out their rookie deals where they literally will have to break up the team. That window is very short because of the amount of money they're having to pay Jimmy G. Right? It is a bit it is a bit fortunate that they've had all that high picks. I agree. It really is. But their window is that much shorter. Um, the Jaguars had a window. And their inability to go find a quarterback completely cost them. And then they had to break up the team because they couldn't afford them. And then they decided to go get... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Uh, still makes me piss myself. Uh, still tried to got Nick Foles uh, to uh, to pay eight eight million dollars to until twenty twenty three. You know what I mean? So the the wind the, the the window shortens onto beast, and that's where you have to say teams that those dynasty teams that keep coming back. Uh, how it's it's what an achievement it is to be able to do that. Um, but this it could get crazy nuts, crazy nuts. We got Teddy Bridgewater, Water, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott. Remember, is a free agent unless he signs a contract. Tannehill, Tannehill, of course, is there. Mariota, James Winston, Philip Rivers, Case Keenum, Eli Manning. I mean, they're just the sort of bigger, bigger names that are on the list. Like you, there's a good argument to say if you don't draft one of those top three or four quarterbacks this year, then don't bother. There's a ton of even free agents that have loads of NFL experience as backups um, that are going to be on the market. So why bother? Just go, go pay another guy even cheaper than you can with a rookie. So very interesting. Certainly, it'd be 
a very interesting time of free agency uh, coming up and then the draft, which we'll, we'll cover in, in, in greater detail. So, right then, gentlemen, I think we've covered about 75, 80 minutes now. Hopefully, Ryan can, can get it down to about 73 and take out <laughs> most of our swearing. But no, leave the swearing, mate. It's all no, good. we're going to leave it in. That's part of the new, <laughs> the new Waxback Lyrical. Yeah, so we, we didn't leave some of the, uh, the, the previous episodes in then because <laughs> quite libelous anyway, so. <laughs> right then, gentlemen. Great show. Good to be back. Uh, Great to back be back. Now. We're going to be back before the Super Bowl. I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's now 10.30 in the evening here in good old London town. Uh, the boys are going to bed and I'm going to go and start an eight-hour shift, so jobs are good. Any final words before we go, gentlemen? Happy collecting. Thanks for listening, guys. Been a pleasure, gentlemen. Uh, it's been episode 17. As me and Dan uh, mentioned earlier, we're going to be at the National this year in Atlantic City. If anyone else is going there, hit us up and uh, we can organise a meet-up and possibly even we're looking at getting a big party house there. Like, we'd be like the Playboy Mansion if we can get enough of us together. <laughs> Could be rocking it, mate. <laughs> Obviously, Becky and Grace, we, we don't mean that. We're going to be sitting home eating pot noodle and just discussing cards like sad old minute we are. So, yeah, if anyone's got the national, hit us up. Uh, let's hope you'll be there for a week. It'd be nice to get together with some guys that we know. There's a few, uh, few breakers and a few other podcast guys that are going. So, we're going to get in touch, see if we can get something started for Atlantic City. Right. Until next time, this has been uh, me, Brian, and Dan and Ryan. We are the boys from Matt's Lyrical. Good to be back, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time.